0: This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at MediaWeek.com.au. Welcome to a new Media Week TV podcast. My name's James Manning from Media Week and joining me as always, our Media Week TV contributor, Andrew Mercado. Welcome, Andrew.
1: Oh, hi there, James.
0: Um, Been a busy week for you, has it?
1: it has been a busy week there's been lots of things on tv that i sort of have wanted to watch and things i've needed to watch so yeah this is you know as we do this sort of changeover with reality shows finishing and the new ones beginning there's a lot on
0: it's massive isn't it the number of shows finishing and starting some will run for longer than others some will take us nearly through to the end of survey but others will need another handing over before we (laughs) get to the end of the year Um, we've seen what you've got to think is going to be the biggest show of the year. It's unlikely we'll see something that's going to perform uh, better than Australian Ninja Warrior. Would you agree with that?
1: I agree. I don't think anything will uh, beat uh, Australian Ninja Warrior now. My goodness, James, wasn't it short and sweet? Just three
0: weeks, nine episodes. That's part of the appeal for me, isn't it? I suppose, yeah. You can sort of drop everything if you're into it. And yeah. really get it knowing you've okay, it's just for a start, it's three nights a week, and f- it's going to be only three weeks, you know. So I can just enjoy it, I can revel in it, I can watch what at times can be quite repetitive as people going over the same course, yeah, three nights in a row. But, um, there's sort of lots of fun though, along the way for the viewers there.
1: Oh, James, I think you picked the key word there fun. I. I kept realising that it was making me smile. Mm. I was hitting the couch when they (laughs) fell in the pool and I really, really got into it. I was surprised how happy that show made me. You know, it really was uh, a a great format. I, I just can't say enough good things about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I I think it's attracting a lot of people who, because, like, for me, I would have been quite cynical going, yeah, look, I I might understand how it's popular, but I I probably won't watch it. But gee whiz, every time I tuned in to sort of try and keep up with what was happening, I ended up staying for quite a while.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was very, very addictive. There were a couple of nights I wasn't home that I missed it because... I tried to watch it back on catch-up service through Fetch Okay. and I went on to Nine Now and you can go on to everything yeah. iView and SBS on demand as soon as I went on to Nine Now it started all the silly business didn't it oh you'll need to register and you'll need to do this and you'll need to do this and it's like um, actually no I don't have time to do that mm. I just don't think I'll watch it, bye yeah. I want to watch something now, I don't have uh, time to play silly games with you why can't you catch-up service just be the same as everybody else, stop trying to capture my email so that you can and send me things mm. I don't want it
0: yeah I mean you sort of understand why they try and do it but if you're in a hurry and you just it's um I'm 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 like that it's very rarely you stick around isn't it? Cause there's so many options all the time of things you can do you just yeah, move on exactly. to the next one on your list. Thinking, <laughs> well, I might come back to this one day if I have time, and I
1: and then you don't. You know,
0: yeah, yeah, no, exactly, <laughs> yeah. You move on. So, what are we thinking? Uh, Ninja Warrior finished the um, the final night. Did uh, average two million ride right across. That was about two hours, maybe a fraction over two hours. And um, controversially, but only for some people, they didn't actually have a Australian Ninja Warrior.
1: Well, I think uh, Media Week newsletter or somebody pointed out that in the international versions of this show, the same thing can happen if, you know, the last course is so difficult, sometimes nobody gets through. And you're right, it it did. There was just this momentary feeling of letdown. Oh, is it over? Yeah. Has it just finished without anyone? Oh, that's kind (laughs) of sad. But I I wish they'd made more of the person that had come to the top of the leader ladder. Absolutely,
0: yeah, yeah. That would have
1: been the way to get around that.
0: Yeah, look, it was it was an anticlimax that 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 ending because they were, it was great watching that first half of the grand final and everybody was was really difficult to get to get across that first part of the course. Then at the end, those people who they would picked to have a crack at the harder course it just ended so quickly because they were all just falling off after you know one or two of the obstacles. Yeah, um, and then all of a sudden, yeah, it was over. But I but then. I, and they say, look, leave them wanting more And that's what they've done big time here Correct you know? So I, I think it's probably the way to go I'm with you, it would have been nice If I think it's Matt Dorrington was the guy um, Would have been great if, if they'd maybe, you know, just had some sort of trophy Or for the best performing uh, um, Ninja Warrior in year one Here you go But it just sort of ended And, and before you know it, they were gone But then, you know, that's, that's what you want that's a, I think that's a good outcome for nine As I wrote at the time, I think the worst thing would have been been if you had half a dozen people who'd finished and you sort of yeah. thinking, oh, maybe it wasn't that hard was it you know?
1: i had an interesting time at the supermarket uh <laughs> yesterday glancing through this week's tabloids because ninja warriors on both woman's day and new idea yeah woman's day as usual just making up this story celebrity ninja warriors and naming all the people lisa <laughs> curry and just pulling names out of the air Oh, these people will be on ninja warrior next year really mm. but new idea so nasty i mean any surprise that new ideas owned by channel 7 yeah. did they get told to write a negative article they did really? um yeah they wrote rebecca madden's a diva uh <laughs> the contestants were all on steroids and <laughs> drugs uh nasty 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 the whole thing it was it just came across as real sour grapes
0: yeah, I just—I don't want to go off topic here, but those weekly magazines—you just don't think they're doing themselves any favour with all that stuff, do you? You know, you'd
1: be—they're just not
0: off getting some real exclusives and you know, getting some insight into celebrities instead of just the, the sort of rubbish that um, sometimes gets gets pumped out. That um, we were—I was lucky enough to speak to Hamish Turner from the uh, program director at Nine, and I said, you know, asked him a few things about um, Ninja Warrior, and I said. What, what do we see Any spin-offs And explained You know And well, he talked about it And he said Yeah look The opportunities there For international um, But look It's going to take a while So I don't think We'll yep. see any Any spin-off at all For at least till we've seen The second proper Season of it um, Yep Maybe even longer and I dare suggest What about the rumours About um Celebrity um, version, <laughs> and he just laughed and he just said, Yeah, well, that's some weekly magazines had a crack at that. And he said, yeah,
1: Exactly. Because the celebrities no were in this version. There was Bo Ryan yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, a couple of footballers in there and Tim Robards, The mm-hmm. Bachelor. And mm-hmm. I thought it was great that they were in there participating with uh, everyday people. It was like, Great, that means there's not going to be a celebrity version of this.
0: Yeah, and you've, you've got to think, no matter how fit a celebrity is, there's no way they're, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they're going com- to complete that course you'd have to have a watered down course and then you're just diluting the formats appeal aren't you so i I think it'd be pretty ridiculous
1: yeah and of course james i suppose you've noticed that channel 10 has unveiled a whole new series of promos for australian survivor and suddenly it's all looking very ninja warrior they've got the greatest game in the world they've got the greatest athletes
0: Mm, well it makes sense because it does they did have all that stuff in year one and they sort of maybe didn't promote it as um as as much as they should have you know given what we know now about the uh, appetite people have for that sort of stuff so there's probably a whole um army of viewers who didn't who aren't you know survivor fans who don't know the format they're thinking oh this looks quite interesting yep. maybe they will sample i don't think we're going to see any massive jump but gee if some of those um even just a handful of those uh ninja warrior people come across it could make quite a difference to some of those survivor numbers it um, sure could yeah yeah look so it's a big night sunday isn't it survivor kicks off of course and also the block is underway um Seven have um, got the Princess Diana special. Some people think that's not going to rate. Some people think it'll do fantastic business. Look, I have no idea. It could go either way. Who knows? For me personally, I'm almost a little bit over all the Diana stuff already.
1: It does feel that there's a, they've got several and they've had a few already mm. and it does feel like uh, until we actually get to that actual anniversary day, it's even I'm not interested in watching it. But you're right, this Sunday documentary is, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is the HBO ITV one with Prince William and Prince Harry participating. Yeah. So if you're going to watch any Diet documentary, this would be the one to watch, right?
0: Absolutely, yeah. Look, I am quite fascinated to hear what they say, but, um, you know, it's something I might record and just watch back and see how it is. I don't know. It's not appointment viewing for me. I'm not sure. Of course, Seven had um, Hell's Kitchen uh, ready to go, but they're waiting one week before they introduce that one. So it'll be week two of Survivor in the Block before Seven unveil um, Hell's Kitchen, uh, which, you know... Who knows how that will go either. I, you know, I think it might find it a little bit tough up against those two shows, but, but I'm certainly not in the business of predicting ratings. It's way too hard.
1: I also think it's really interesting too that 7 and 9 will kick off at 7 o'clock with the Die doco and mm. the block. But Channel 10 will just play a repeat of Modern Family and they'll just dawdle into the competition at 7.30 and think, oh, yeah, people will switch over and check out the first episode of Australian Survivor. Um, hello, why aren't they in the game at 7 o'clock like all the others?
0: Uh, Very good question, Andrew. Look, we put that to Beverly McGarvey at one stage last year and she indicated, yeah, it is something they're reviewing and I'm pretty sure at the start of this season of MasterChef, or maybe it was... I'm a celebrity. They did start yeah. at seven PM for a while.
1: But then that's. Re- why I would bet say that's correct.
0: Then they reverted to seven thirty, and so there must be some reason they're doing it. But gee, it's yeah. hard to um, hard to tell from a distance what it could be, isn't it?
1: Yeah, because uh, you know the, the the block has been running some you know pretty uh, good promos. Yeah, for their new series, which yeah. is called The Block, the Street, and I watched it all ninety minutes of the first episode. Oh, okay. Um and it is what you would expect it to be.
0: Yeah.
1: It's uh you know it's well cast. Um but you know it's still the same old same old thing. Yeah.
0: They're yeah. building
1: houses and getting their cars driving around to shops and getting materials. <laughs> yeah. It's not something I need to watch every night of the week but I kind of understand why people like it so much
0: yeah, yeah I'll give a quick little plug here Crudy Joshy and I got to have a look around the uh, the finished properties this week and we got some time with Julian Cress and we've got a bit of a podcast with him which will be up uh, this week and we addressed a lot of that stuff with him and I won't give too much of it away but he we we talked to him something you and I talked about before how it uh the block gets accused of being very white yes um, and and it sort of certainly is this season isn't it too very. And, and, yeah, and the way I put it to him was, the um, is the show representative of the people who apply to be on it, which I thought was a sort of a fair way of asking, because you can't, uh-huh. you don't expect them to go out and cast people they should be if they're not applying and he said well that's true yeah he said it is look we we just get the best and he pointed out a few things he said i think they've had an indigenous uh, contestants before they had the first gay couple on tv back in the very first season he said they they did the first lesbian Mm. couple in a um in a big format reality show yeah, true. So, that, you know, he, when he sort of answered it like that, I thought, well, yeah, you know, you, you do have a point. But but for me, maybe they could, I don't know, try a little bit harder to be have a bit more of a diverse. because the first thing you did when you saw the lineup for this season, I did, and he said, but look, we've had Spaniards, I think we've had Italians, we've had Greeks, so. <laughs>
1: Yes. Mediterranean is about as is as there is the, is the <laughs> about as close as you can get to this year yeah there's, there's a Mediterranean yes. guy in there and that's about as, as far as I can tell
0: right okay okay what and he talked about this one I think it's the first one they've ever where they've really done the only, the only time they've ever done family homes as opposed to, you know, it's usually apartments. Um, I think the block all-stars might have been separate uh, houses, but they've virtually taken over a street. They've got five separate homes. What's it like when um, when those old houses sort of roll onto the property?
1: Well, I kind of like the fact that they're old Federation houses. It does give it a point of difference, and it does mean that you can take really beautiful classic old houses and see how you would make those houses modern whilst retaining their classic features. I think that's going to be really interesting. Right. But, I mean, I would have asked Julian Cress why is the show set in Melbourne year after year after year? Yet again, in the first episode, it's raining, and when they first walk onto that building site out the back where all the yards are going to be, it's just full of mud and puddles. Mm. Mm. And you just think... Why aren't they doing one in Brisbane or the Gold Coast when it's a bit hot? Like, you know, the sex appeal of that show, you know, if the boys would have to take their shirts off for it to get hot. <laughs> it's always kind of freezing cold when they do the show. Yeah. And I just think that maybe moving it a bit north might actually, you could actually make it a little bit sexier.
0: Yeah, well, look, I... You will have to listen to this podcast then because Crudy Joshi does raise that with him and she pushes the the point quite uh, forcefully... Talking about, it <laughs> Crudy. He gives a good reason about Sydney, but then Crudy fires back and says, yeah, but what about this or that? And, <laughs> and they have a little back and forth, so it's quite interesting. Um, interesting. Yeah, so, so that that is raised. So, yeah, we, we certainly do cover that off. Um, in, I've seen the promo, and it it looks like... Is it Scott Cam behind the wheel of one of those trucks bringing the houses into the property?
1: I didn't really catch that in the okay. first episode, yeah. but promos are very good at... Uh, Pretending something else yes, Something's happening wondering. That's not really happening
0: Yeah, yeah But it was yeah. a great idea And I thought it was very funny if it, um, Yeah But, um, you know I, I like the idea And gee whiz There's some um, Good renovation work Going on there So I don't want to give anything away But um, They usually do pretty good jobs And it's, uh, this year's no exception The um, Some of the stuff is good But I think they've had their um, from Some of the stuff Julian told us There's certainly been Some ups and downs Along the way As there uh, normally is yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's the block starting um, Sunday night. Now, big reality format has just finished, of course. MasterChef. Uh, there was a bit of cast diversity there, with we had a uh, non-white Anglo-Saxon actually winning.
1: That's good, isn't it? A Malaysian girl won it, which is, that'll be the last Malaysian on Channel Ten this year. Certainly not <laughs> going to find a Malaysian girl in The Bachelor, are
0: you? <laughs> no, probably not. But uh, Diana Chan was her name. Um,
1: and, and I have to admit, James, I didn't watch one minute of MasterChef this year. Right. Uh, I didn't watch it. I did um, get a phone call from a radio station wanting me to do an interview about the fact that the scoreboard had been cited and the guy was winning. Mm. And what was that about? And I actually couldn't do the interview, and I just said, "Look, this isn't isn't a conspiracy." But I said, "I remember when they did the first series of MasterChef. They filmed two endings, mm. and you know, Julie Goodwin found out on the night it went to air." that she had won the show. So I said, I don't think that's anything that's suspicious. I just think it's a way when you've got that many family and friends there for the grand final, you film two endings so that nobody can spill the beans.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that's what happened this year. I heard an interview yeah. with uh, Diana and she said, yeah, there was um, there was two, um, two endings shot. And I think one of the interviews I heard, they had some footage of where she was watching the show live uh, to find out if she'd won or not. Haha, ha, yeah. that's good. So that was pretty interesting. But yeah, look, I yeah I was with the show on most of the journey this year. I um, was there at the beginning. I missed a little bit when I was travelling in uh, June, but then I came back for the end, and it was um it was pretty good. I, I like what Matt Preston said recently, and I don't know if we mentioned this last podcast, but look, he wouldn't mind going back to a little bit more of the basics, a little bit more home cooking. I think some of the stuff's too fancy. Um, yep. I get it that they put up a really difficult uh, dish and they've got maybe two or three hours to concoct it for me I just, I, I, I'd like to see what the end result is but I don't want to sit through that drawn out protractured um, uh, process where they go to go through 200 different steps on the recipe it's just you know yeah. say, a bit more basic cook up some scones or bake a cake or stuff that other people can learn to do yeah just simple stuff and do a great job on that and just mix it up a bit, and maybe have a couple of you, you know, your your, um, your difficult things. Maybe just one or two throughout the season, but but not too many of them. It just just gets a little bit boring. I think a lot of people um, just don't uh, relate to that sort of stuff.
1: I saw a good interview with Matt Preston that Ita Butros did for Studio 10, in which she talked about the fact that when the MasterChef contestants were coming on Studio 10 for the cooking segment, she was talking to them all in preparation for her interview with Matt, and she wrote down what they all said about him, and all the contestants said, legend, loves a party, such a good guy. So it was really nice to hear that those contestants walk away from the experience, and and they really like him as a judge. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was also really fascinated to learn. Do you know what he was doing before he was a food writer?
0: He worked for The Age, I think. He was in well, he when was he was writing a trade about generally. soap. Huh? He
1: was, he was writing about soap operas.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was an entertainment reporter very early in his career. Before he Amazing. Food at all. Yeah, yeah.
1: I never knew that, so there <laughs> you go. There's hope for me yet, James.
0: <laughs> um... Also, starting next week and not getting a Sunday night start because that's reserved for the uh, the block, is um, this time next year. Yeah. Carl uh, Stefanovic uh, hosting that show. We've been waiting for it for a long time. Of course, it takes them a year to film the segments because I think they um, show somebody in there as they were a year ago. They talk about the transformation they want to. Uh, they're about to embark on, and we see how they've gone twelve yeah. months later. I really love. The um, the premise for this program Have you sampled any of it yet?
1: No, there's, it's still not up on the Nine Media site to watch okay. um, Which is a shame Because I'd, I'd love to see it In advance, because I think it, it sounds Like it's another feel-good premise Yeah And um, this is What's interesting about the tabloid magazines writing nasty stuff about Australian Ninja Warrior, they're not getting that these shows are working. I think feel-good is a big part about why these shows are working.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, you know, this show's got to do better than Karl Stefanovic's last foray into primetime, which was The Verdict, which did not return for a second season, thankfully, and I think his time's being used utilized much better uh on on this show which sounds like it's going to be really uh fascinating to watch
0: mm, mm. the um crudy joshy's had a big week because she talked to Carl Stefanovic um, a couple of days ago about this and it's in the magazine this week she asked him about the verdict um and he he said look it might come back you know i I've got a feeling it won't. But he said he's no. uh, he's certainly not involved in those big decisions. He um, he made a joke and said I'll have a word with you, Marks about it. I think they've <laughs> I think they've probably spoken about it, and uh, <laughs> Carl might know it a little bit more than he's um, going on with. He said, look, he said it was the show had a really skeleton staff, but he he defended. He thought thought they had a good panel of people. Um, no, they didn't. No, I, yeah, I agree <laughs> with you. They they didn't. So I think that was he's maybe. Um, we differing opinions with him on that and he said but look we were finding our feet we didn't have a lot of time to sort of fine-tune the format and that's and i possibly get that right. yeah. yeah yeah i get that it, it did a show does it as much as you can do pre-production when you're doing it for real live that's when it really counts doesn't it you need to get the number of episodes under your belt there
1: it's true and um yeah i think to the fact that... I, I, I think they were really hamstrung by the fact that they stuck so hard and fast to the same people every week. And most of those people weren't great. There was the, f- the former sports star and there was the, the female psychologist who went on to Jacket Gate and The Last Resort. And then there was Mark Latham, who really shouldn't be... You know, you just, it, was, it, it felt like the show had been cast for controversy's sake. And I don't think it was ever going to work with those people. But you know what? It would be a cheap show to make, so you never say never. You could just pull it out. If something fell over or went bad, you could pull it out of the door again.
0: Yeah, and as it was in that format, it was probably too early too, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, 8.30 at night, um, you know, if they wanted to make that work edgy and a bit controversial, you know, something like 10.30 or something would have been better for yeah. that. Yeah, you know? yeah. But then, gee whiz, the way they program these days, you could have been watching it. Ten fifteen or eleven thirty the next That's night. It's, it certainly would have had a stable time slot, would it? No. Um, I'm proud to say we never asked Carl about his girlfriend or his private Good. life, uh, uh. which is, I, I reckon, is none of our business.
1: No, it isn't.
0: But what we, what Crudy did ask is about, you know, the the attention he's been under the scrutiny, um, and he, and I'll just quote a bit of what he said. Look, I can't really explain why, there's, why there's been so much. Um, attention paid to my life um there is a lot about journalism that is changing people's people and names have become clickbait it's a little bit sad that in some cases journalists are being judged by the number of clicks they get for their stories and i'm sort of with him there i think because it it is you know you you know a lot of places and people are just judged on the um the, the, the traffic it generates on a website and yeah. if you've got a clickbait headline and something you know juicy about someone's private life are well, you just going to get a lot lot more clicks you know whether the person thinks it's a good story or not that's not counted at all is it it's just the the hard traffic numbers
1: yeah i i, I agree with carl on that too actually a hundred percent
0: Now, um, with Carl getting the Monday night slot We've seen um, True Story with Hamish and Andy I think we've seen the first five episodes The first half of the first season It's returning, but it's returning on a different night
1: Now, you know, part of the appeal of Australian Ninja Warrior Was that families could sit down and watch it And it was on at that earlier time slot And I think that was some of the appeal of True Story With Hamish and Andy on a Monday night at 730 and is it going to work as well at 8.40 or 8.50 on a Tuesday night after the block? I get why it has to go there. The block's now dominating prime time. But, gee, to be fiddling around with a show that was so successful when, I don't know, I just think it's kind of odd.
0: Yeah, you'd wonder if, um, if you left it at 7.30, is there anything wrong with the block starting at... Um one night a bit later or
1: there'd be nothing wrong with that at all mm. um but you know they need hamish and andy then to kind of kick off a comedy belt then and so this is why they're f- using hamish and andy to replay the repeats of Kath and kim which of course their promos have got people fooled because they're new promos <laughs> thinking that maybe they're new episodes but no this is the abc sitcom Uh, that also went to Channel 7 to make new episodes and then repeated all those episodes. Here we are now on its third or fourth or probably fifth outing on its third network. Uh, More power to... um, Jane Turner and Gina Riley, for being able to sell this show on. It's, uh, it's kind of uh, fascinating that an Australian sitcom has appeared on three networks. I'll tell you what, if things go really bad for Channel 10 in a few years' time, they know they could always pull <laughs> Kath and Kim out and <laughs> make it a hat trick.
0: Yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah. They're the only network then without it, aren't they? I suppose yeah. it hasn't been on SBS yet, has it? Not yet. <laughs> I just hope Nine don't show that. What was a pretty terrible Kath and Kim movie?
1: Kath and Kim Dorella.
0: Yeah, I don't know if that's part of the deal. but uh, Well,
1: Channel 7 heavily invested in that movie. I did, yeah. Because it, yeah. it went straight, went to TV before it even went to DVD. So, yeah, that probably may not be part of the package. And that's very interesting, too. Will they be able to buy those episodes that they made for Channel 7 is that part of the deal or have they just it got is. I the think, episodes yeah, I think
0: it's Rick McKenna who's the um, uh, married to one of the girls and also yes, um, married
1: yeah, to Jane Turner yeah
0: and as the business manager for, for all the Catherine Kim affairs I think yep. he, the rights have reverted to them so Probably, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty it's sure Nine's got, right. Nine's got all the episodes. Um, we, I, in my chat with Hamish Turner this week, and he, uh, another plug. He joins us on our Seven Days podcast. So we have certainly got a lot of info out of Nine this week. But we do talk about uh, Kath and Kim, and we raise the subject. You know, is there a possibility of uh, any new material? So I'll, uh, And he gave us an answer, so I'll leave that one hanging. Oh, great. All right. I, I will a, be
1: watching it again, by the uh, way. I'll, I'll sit there and watch it. Yeah, uh, apparently hasn't been show. on
0: The last time any of these episodes were on was seven years ago, so it's been a little while. That's good. Mm-hmm. Now, a uh, big show starting next week, The Good Fight. Um, uh, CBS, I think, online-only season in the US. It's a spin-off. Um, yeah. And I think you've seen the first one, Andrew?
1: Yeah, I have. Um, and, of course, The Good Wife was made for CBS free-to-air broadcast TV in America, and now we've got this uh, sequel, spin-off show, which has been made for CBS All Access that, you know, people in America pay for. And i tell you what, it's uh, <laughs> it's a lot raunchier than what you've been used to. Really? Wow. I mean, the first scene is just fantastic. It's Christine Baranski's Diane sitting there with her mouth Open, looking on in shock as Donald Trump is inaugurated as the president, <laughs> and then before the uh, and then at one point she drops the f bomb, and you think, oh yeah, right, okay, mm. yeah, this isn't the good wife. So mm. yeah, we've got we've got a lesbian couple, we've got partial nudity. nudity. There's about five f bombs that I counted, and this is very much a uh, a little bit of a harder edged version of uh the good wife no more juliana margolese she gets one sort of she's referred to once okay um and uh diane i think her last name's lockhart the uh attorney that christine bransky plays so magnificently um the look shows a class act james i think fans of the good wife will love it and if you've never seen the good wife you'll be able to watch it and go gee that's that looks like it's going to be a great courtroom
0: drama okay well that's good that's answer one of my questions i've got another one so i think there's just 10 eps so it's yeah um, so you you get onto it i guess they'll also be on sbs on demand where they they put all their stuff now so but if so if i haven't watched the good wife i i can still get into this and i presume but they do play their characters right who carry across from the good wife
1: yeah there's you you'll sort of understand and i didn't watch every single episode of the good mm. wife but you know i could tell by the dialogue and the way people were talking to each other I, I looked it up on wikipedia and went oh okay yeah 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 i thought you would be from the good wife so there's definitely um more than a couple of nods to it
0: yes okay and it's been very well reviewed not just by you but our uh, our friend michael adato was um gave this a big thumbs up this week too didn't he so it's um it, it comes with some some good credentials and i guess that'll be um, one of the highlights of your viewing for the next seven days. It goes up on the Media Week website at the end of each. Yeah, week.
1: it absolutely will be. And I, who was it that um, said recently? One of the networks said criticised SBS mm. for getting involved in this game of buying quality drama it, and it's jacking up the price for all of us and it's like whoa, whoa, whoa hang on a second um quality drama is is quite often the very thing that Australian free-to-air broadcasters have not been interested in in case it's too niche yeah so it's yes. no surprise to me at all that SBS saw an opportunity hey we'll, we'll get in there and we'll put these shows on at eight thirty because we wouldn't put it on to 11 o'clock like the Sopranos back in those bad old days um you know I, I just thought it was quite hilarious that SBS was you know being criticized for you know stepping away from its government charter and actually being in the business of buying tv shows that people might want to watch
0: yeah it'd be interesting one I think it might have been Hugh Marks who was uh, saying that and I think he alluded to the fact they might have outbid nine for for the the um the handmaid's tale
1: ah and did, and there was something about food and kitchen titles too wasn't it
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, because um, yeah, SBS did a massive deal with Scripps Network out of the US for a lot of food programming. and Oh, there was that food, um, that local food format, the, the chef, the... Um, oh, I can't remember what it was now. But that, yeah, that they, that they, they got, um, which didn't do very well for them in the end. But, yeah, they've yeah. been doing... I just wonder if uh, you know, things like SBS getting The Handmaid's Tale will will change the way some of these networks buy some of their dramas you know though because i think sbs's um explanation was look they're prepared to get in very early in the piece and put, yeah. a, put in a bid for a show before they know too much about it whereas maybe with um seven nine and ten Their business model means they've really got to sit back and wait maybe to get some initial ratings, how it performs overseas before they uh, buy a program. Maybe they'll start taking a few more risks and bidding for some of this, especially this more niche high-end drama. But you've got to think if Elizabeth Moss is in a show, you're going to start bidding for it because it just attracts so much attention these days, doesn't it?
1: that's exactly right and how about getting into that business of thinking ahead rather than whinging all, all the time seven nine and ten they are always whinging yeah. oh you know we don't want to do children's tv anymore it's too expensive here you go let's go before the government and let's just drop it all you know the business oh, we're so tough in our business now you know what they have been living off the fat of the land for decades now and the business is getting difficult and all they do is whinge and want special concessions and you know government broadcast channels can't get in on our business and buy shows that we might want you know yeah. come on yeah. stop whinging and just find some good tv
0: yeah i wonder if any politicians will ask questions when that um they say well look you put on uh, you found the show like ninja warrior and you're suddenly <laughs> yeah. getting two million people again what's well, the yeah. problem you know exactly been making the wrong programming decisions bro?
1: exactly
0: um britain's got talent mate this is going on forever Come on, that's what seems to have finished in England ages ago. Yeah, we're, we're finally getting close to the end, though. I th-
1: think so. Is it? Did it, it? didn't finish this week, or does it finish next? No,
0: week? no. I think this was. I still do know
1: that-
0: a semi. I think for it was the last okay. semi final this week to decide who'll go into the grand final.
1: Well, I do know that uh, when it does finish, it's going to finish at some ridiculous time at 11.15pm. I can't imagine there'll be many people watching it live. Maybe people are taping it and watching it back later. But, yeah, that last grand final episode, if it starts at... 850 or whatever it'll do after the block you know it'll be a long show won't it you were there when it was you're in the uk when it aired it's not a short show that grand final is
0: it no 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 it's it's massive it goes for a long time and they came it was i think it was six nights of life shows in a row. Um, And we didn't get six nights here. We got six weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, it's... um, And look, it hasn't been doing that well for Nine. I mean, strangely enough, it was doing better than uh, Australia's Got Talent last year, which is why I think Nine's probably persevered with it um, because it's been quite economical for them, I guess, compared to what some, you know... And and they've had a good run with some of their Aussie investments. I mean... um, Last Resort being the notable exception, I guess. But the, That's the, right, like, yeah. Uh, married at first sight and um, Ninja Warrior have certainly got away. They've done very well, and you can't expect everything you do is going to be his, I guess. But uh, Britain's got And talent. you know what? Go on. yep.
1: The, the Last Resort now, it's uh, nine can breathe a sigh of relief. The Last Resort doesn't have to go down in history as the worst show of 2017. That's Yummy Mummies on seven. <laughs> you know, it's making The Last Resort look like, you know... Something yeah, really something special, good. so...
0: Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and now, I, I haven't been across this one, so you might be able to explain it a little bit. there been a lot written about the ABC and Fairfax being criticised for, quote, I think, war on Christianity. What's, what's happening there?
1: Well, last week, uh, Julia Baird, in a joint ABC and Fairfax investigation, uh, did a story on uh, fundamentalist and uh, sort of Christians, uh, men who sporadically went to church were quite likely to uh, abuse their wives, domestic violence... And quote passages from the Bible that says, you know, a wife must do everything her husband says and all this sort of stuff. And it was, you know, it was quite a, a big investigation. Media Watch went, went hard on them and, and sort of said, you know, all the predictable suspects, Andrew Bolt and Miranda Devine and all these people jumped up and down and said, the, the ABC and Fairfax are waging war on Christianity again.
0: Mm. Hmm.
1: and Media Watch got in on the act this week and said, actually said, look, they have got a bit of a point because a couple of the headlines in the story were misleading. They didn't think the the content of the story was wrong or incorrect. They just thought that some of the phrasing around it uh, could have been done better. But what I find really interesting about all of this is that on last Sunday night on 60 Minutes on Channel 9, they coincidentally had a story... Almost identically the same mm. about a kind of breakaway American kids. He raped her several times a day. Um, she finally, after years and years of abuse, reported him to the police and he has been jailed for this. And it was a big expose um, on that show and uh, speaking to the son now that said you know, that supports his father and says a mother should repent that was her fault for being raped not a word has been said about channel 9 waging war on christians
0: yes yes
1: for running a story that was almost identical so to me this is once again if the abc is going to do something you've got uh, you know news limited and certain commentators that are just waiting to pounce on them and attack them but if a free-to-air channel does exactly the same thing there's complete silence on it
0: Mm, mm, yeah interesting you've been dropping out a couple of times there andrew so we'll uh, so for people who think this audio quality is a bit dodgy i might have found a workaround which we'll uh, give a try next time we chat but we'll uh, push on with uh, what we're doing today now very important there's a uh, new resident at uh, summer bay well, has been a family arrival. Yes, has there I is. recently?
1: <laughs> I know that family's old news now, is James. It? They're okay. in there. and No, we've got ourselves, as TV week breathlessly announced, <laughs> the new Brax, question right. mark. Okay. Wouldn't they love it if they found themselves the new Brax, yeah. hey? Yeah. He is, a, he is a good-looking guy. His name's Jake Ryan. He um, starred in the first series of Wentworth as B. Smith's abusive husband, and he looks quite differently. There's, there's pictures of him in TV week. He's gone to the gym and all of that. But, of course, the headline, the story is, I'm not like Brax, and there's a picture <laughs> of Brax on the page. And it's like, seriously, someone, at TV, someone needs to take TV week and put them in Brax rehab. <laughs> how many times have we talked about the fact that this magazine just can't let Stephen peacock go
0: well it's, it's probably not their fault it's probably seven's fault as much as anything but because you know how much was he referred to when he was never on i mean he, yeah well for, that's for true. a long time when he left there was just he was you know this, brax that the people yeah. were reacting to his absence, you know, um, how they were coping when he wasn't there. And then he came back, didn't he, very briefly in what, maybe a handful of episodes, quite a while after he didn't leave, uh, and then he was gone. So I think, you know, they were, they were creating the impression that gee whiz, the show really needs him, or at least a mention of him if he's not Yep, on.
1: yep, and so... Uh uh, you're right, they could have been the ones that said, uh, do this story. But look, he's, he's in episodes of Home and Away this week. He's a mystery man who's got amnesia. Okay. And, uh, uh, you know, he takes his shirt off and he's got lots of tattoos and uh, he looks pretty good. There's also a lot of uh, chatter going on about Sam Frost, the former yes. bachelorette, getting a job in Home and Away. A lot of people criticising the fact that she can't act.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: and yet here she is getting a plum role in the show. I, I, I will remind everybody that Isabel Lucas was plucked off the streets of far north Queensland, okay. plonked into Home and Away without any acting talents in one of the most brilliant storylines they ever did. They uh, had her washing up on a beach and had people wondering if she was a mermaid, and for the first few <laughs> weeks, all she did was speak pig Latin. and. <laughs> Obviously, Seven used that time to give Isabel Lucas some acting left before she got any hard dialogue. So, uh, I don't know if Sam Foster's going to wash up on Summer Bay as a mermaid who only speaks pig Latin. So, uh,
0: yeah, yeah. No, rac- certainly
1: not the first reality starter from that sort of show into a soap.
0: Sure, sure. Um, a lot of action in uh, Melbourne last night with the footy show um switching announcers or i should be correct the afl footy show um out was craig who has been hosting the show this season only yep. since it uh, came back um in i think it was march this year it started um co-hosting with uh rebecca madden of course who's just finished a stint on uh tv's hottest uh, program at the moment so if the um if nine thought there was a problem with the yep the host, that it's probably not Rebecca Mann because of her recent track record. Uh, Hutchie was was pretty um, generous to Nine this week. He made a statement, said, look, I get it. Of course, he runs his own media business, Croc Media. He said, look, I probably would have done the same thing. Yep. You know, you, you can't uh, if the scoreboard says you're not performing well, you've probably got to make a change. Um, nothing wrong with Rebecca It could have been me. So, of course, he keeps another show on the channel, Footy Classified. So he will continue to be part of the Nine network. But part of the deal to get Eddie back was his media company, uh, Maguire Media, uh, gets to both co-produce footy, the AFL footy show on Thursday nights, plus Nine's other AFL product, uh, Footy Classified, which goes out on um, on Monday nights. I'm not sure if he's involved in the Sunday footy show or if that'll just stay a nine property. But uh, Craig Hutchinson's been out talking about it. He's, he does a sort of um, a sports media podcast every week called The Sounding Board. And if anybody is sort of interested in some of the background, you get every every second of it is uh, sort of examined in that podcast. So go search out for that one. And I don't think you're any big Sam Newman fan, are you, um, Andrew? But he's going to be, I think they've seen He's going to be let off the leash.
1: Look, yeah, look, I I don't dislike Sam, but, you know, I have had a problem with some of the things that he has said on the show over the past few years. And I don't know that Eddie Maguire's saying, I'm going to let Sam Newman (laughs) off the leash go back to the good old days i'm Mm. not really sure that that's the way to be approaching this um you know sam newman had that episode a couple of weeks ago where he sulked and wouldn't say anything on the show uh that that was kind of poor form wasn't it and of course this is all going on because channel seven are taking them on head on with a mick malloy sam payne show called the footy bar
0: and the front bar
1: the front bar, yeah, yeah. and, you know, they've been they've beaten it over the last couple of weeks. So this has all happened because Seven's put something opposite on them and uh, people have switched over. So there'll they'll certainly be interest in switching back to Eddie, but, you know, I don't think we need to enable Sam Newman to be off the leash and be able to do and say exactly what he's done in the past. He's proved to be uh, not completely trustworthy in that regard.
0: Yeah, I think he got the socks because he wanted to come out dressed as a woman the same week that the, a- the AFL uh, let go two senior executives for sort of affairs they were having with junior staff, so that was probably a, yep. a, a bit insensitive to what was going on there. Um and the nine have done a brave thing, I guess. They've taken the footage show off. I think they're missing two Thursdays, and then coming back in the second week of uh, March of uh, August. So uh, there'll be an expectation about what might happen, which could get a pretty big audience for that first night. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if it's not significantly different to what was been on before, people are going to be saying, "Well, why did the show go away for two weeks?"
1: Yes. What, what why wouldn't point? you have just? Why wouldn't you have just kept it on? I kept. Craig Cutchison as the host for the next couple of weeks had them working away in the background. I don't get why they'd need to shut it down for a couple of weeks but you know this is clearly what what eddie wants eddie gets and uh he's in charge now
0: so let's see what eddie delivers yeah but certainly a bit of show business involved there i think by trying to make it a bit more dramatic perhaps than than it it, it be. but um it'll really test eddie out won't it it's really putting the emphasis on emphasis on him and if it works he'll certainly be praised and uh welcome back as the messiah to um (laughs) prime time because he's certainly still a a, a big figure at nine in the in afternoons with the hot seat um, But if it fails, he's certainly going to be pillared, isn't he? He'll be blamed for it all And um, that'll go down as a uh, bad mark on his CV
1: Well, you know, he, 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 his hot seat gets beaten every night by the chase on Seven yes. And uh, that helps Seven uh, with their... Well, it doesn't really help Seven with their news Who have we decided has won the news this year? 7
0: well, or it de- 9 It depends on which market and the account Regional, the account, there's so many Sort of qualifications it's So far yeah. we've, we've had 9 Winning Metro In Sydney and Melbourne for the year,
1: 21 weeks, wasn't it? Yeah, Correct, Which means yeah, that, that so, one, so they can't, they, they beat,
0: can't be beaten even beat. if seven got the lead for the rest of the survey year. So nine have claimed that, and we're going to certainly yeah. hear lots more different claims about uh, different things. And seven did say, look at the scoreboard, but they didn't really dispute the figures. So I think they've sort of accepted no. it, but they're saying, well, we, they're not counting it the right way. But under how nine counted it, I think I think they're probably right um andrew look before yeah. we finish up with me asking you anything else we should be watching i just wanted to get, ask you about now i think have you become a fetch customer yes i have yeah just uh, talk us a little bit about that how did all that go and how, what's the process how do you become a Fetch customer do you have to have an account with one of the isps that they work with
1: I think so. When I moved to the bush, I got a. I had to get a new internet operator, which was Dodo, And which oh, okay, yep. was one of the things they offered. Yep. And so I've taken it, and, and I'm kind of happy with it. An update just came through the other uh, other day. It's a it's a different interface. Right. Um, it seems to be. You know, I, I quite like it. I, I don't like it as much as the Foxtel IQ. Yes. And uh, I miss BBC and UK TV not being delivered to me in uh, high definition.'t
0: well, so get in HD
1: No no those channels aren't in HD mm. um, but it, it, it serves the purpose of me I want to be yeah I want to have a device that I can record a TV show yep. series link it and just know it's always going to be recorded and it's there when i go to look for it and it works like that yeah and i now i now have i got foxtel play which turned into foxtel now and i now watch uh game of thrones via that and luckily i've been able to get through at uh 11 a.m on the monday mornings i haven't had any uh problems yes Uh, i know a lot of people have had outages with foxtel now but you know fingers crossed mine's been working fine
0: right okay do, do you know what packages you bought at uh, fetch the package you've got I've variety got, I've got you'd a, have which has got bbc first and uk yes TV. and uk
1: tv yep. and triple one hits and a few things like that so it's sort of yeah yeah that's the package i've got
0: right okay okay oh, interesting interesting and i and i guess there's game of thrones um, are you what what are your thoughts so far
1: Um, I watched the first episode. I haven't really watched the second episode too closely. I was doing other things while it was on. I haven't seen it. I need to go back and watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's look, you know, I I think the viewing figures for Foxtel
0: they're just extraordinary now, aren't they? they? Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. I quite liked um, episode one. I I it worked quite well for me. It's a bit, and it felt like a bit of an introduction to a new season.
1: Yeah. 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 Look it's it's back to doing what they do best and uh I mean I, I just think the the figures are just how they get that many people watching one show on Fox so when everything else rates around one hundred thousand, it, it makes you wonder, doesn't it? It's just yeah. The, the figures are crazy that they can be getting eight hundred thousand viewers for an episode of Game of Thrones over two time slots on a Monday. It's huge.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's massive. They haven't tallied, I think, all the extra views and everything from that first episode. So, um, uh, <laughs> I think it'll be well over one million by the time we um, by the time we get that. The um, there was some certainly some challenging viewing in that uh, first episodes. Uh, unusually, not because of all the. Um, or the violence, it was the, um, what can we call it, the poop scenes? So that was pretty yes. hard to watch, wasn't it?
1: And then you had the Ed Sheeran cameo, which a lot of people didn't like. Um, they think that, you know, putting a big name in there took people out of the fantasy of the show. Right. Um, yeah, there was some, yeah. But look, I'm not the greatest Game of Thrones fan, as I've said in the past. Sure. I watch it, I don't um study it and, and I and I can't uh I can't name a lot of the characters' names. So I just I'll watch say, it as yeah. a bit of a, a visual feast to see what's going on yeah, because no, it looks
0: amazing. Yeah, look I am a bit like you on that. I um I'm not good at pronouncing the characters' names. Which yeah. you guess why we uh, yeah. are us so going there <laughs> <laughs> As, as we discuss that but i'll certainly uh, be watching the rest of it with interest and um and the back of my mind i'll be thinking oh one day i'll be all over this and i'll be a bit more expert on it but i know that'll never happen mate before i let you go anything else uh, coming up we should look out for
1: no i think we've pretty much covered it all okay. now it's okay. it's going to be another big week of tv next week i'm still loving offspring by the way okay. i'm loving yeah. the Trailer The Ten Have Got for Wake In Friday. It looks very, very similar to the movie. Like but that, that cast yep. with Sean Keane and Alex Demetriadis, Gary Sweet, Robin Malcolm, that looked, I just can't wait to see what they're going to do with it. Yeah, wake no. In fright
0: Yeah, yeah, I'll be, I'll be up for that. norm I'm, gee, I really enjoyed that. I don't feel that second episode of um, Joanna Lumley's India. Yeah, know, me maker. too. Well, I had a couple of reservations about episode one because it just seemed to sort of flick around too much. She was here, she was there, she was everywhere. I mean, she met that, um, that chap that was a friend of her, her father or her mother's. He rode up on a motorbike in that first episode. I thought, this will be great. We're going to hear about the old days, you know, some memories. And then suddenly he was gone you know it yeah. was, it did, and they were off in another city but that second episode oh mate it was so good and that castle she ended up in at the end wow,
1: wow wasn't that amazing and, and this
0: is just this it's just empty castle sitting there you know full yeah. of all this extraordinary artwork it was just yeah wow. just, and
1: the karma sutra in the cupboard <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, that was very funny. She was just, she's just so good at everything she does. Her pieces to camera and the little sort of whimsical comments, aren't they just fantastic?
1: I did re- read a really highly critical uh, British piece about that, though. That you? Oh. you? know, about the, what her relatives would have done, what they would have actually been doing in India okay. and how she's sort of romanticising it. And this person was going into a lot of detail on what her ancestors as may have been doing in India and uh, you know it wasn't obviously you know the british didn't treat uh when they had India under their colonial rule they didn't behave the best um and they felt that this series was kind of skipping over this but you know what this isn't who you think you are this is her doing a travel log and if she wants to see it through her rose colored glasses i'm happy for her to do that because she's a great host
0: yeah and she can't be held responsible either i don't think for what for what other people did and um you know maybe this i don't know you could argue she has some duty maybe to investigate it a little bit more but i'm not sure i mean we don't know what's to come she did turn up at the the newspaper i think where her uncle used to be he was the last um, that was great The last british editor of the um, yeah the newspaper before the british pulled out and indians took over the times of india and she found his photo up on the wall that was that was pretty moving wasn't it seeing all that yeah that was great yeah yeah and no, that was good stuff All right, Andrew, look, uh, great catching up with you. Um, Thanks for that. We'll um, speak to you shortly.
1: Thank you so much, James.
0: Bye-bye.